Welcome to I Am My Sister's Keeper and She Is Mine, a podcast where two sisters who are not mental health professionals talk about mental illness from our perspectives. Just two sisters living with mental illness and loving each other through. Welcome to our very first I Am My Sister's Keeper and She Is Mine podcast. I am Heather. And I am Randy. I'm the baby sister. And I'm the older sister. So we wanted to take this first episode to tell all of you listeners a little bit about ourselves and why we are doing this podcast. Um, I am Heather and I'm about to be 45 years old and we both live with mental illness. I have a borderline personality disorder, which I was diagnosed with at 18 or 19. And I also have anxiety disorder, which I've had since I was a child, um, and then has also developed in the last two years into some pretty serious health anxiety. And I am Randy. I am about to be 54. I had to think about that for a minute. I have bipolar disorder. I have complex PTSD, social anxiety, depression, and borderline personality disorder. I was diagnosed with bipolar at about 24, 25, and all that other stuff came along with it. Yeah, so I think it's important for people to know that bipolar disorder has a very high comorbidity rate, which means that people who have bipolar disorder almost always have another mental and or physical issue associated with the bipolar disorder. I think it's important to note here that while we are not mental health professionals, I am a psychology major. I should be graduating next year. Yes, 45 with a bachelor's degree. It's never too late, folks. I was driven to pursue this degree because I have always been interested in mental health because it is obviously in my family. Our mother had mental illness as well. We we lived through some pretty severe trauma growing up and... I've just always been interested in psychology and how it affects us. As you will probably hear, Randy and I have lived with our mental illnesses in very different ways, and they've affected us very differently. This podcast was born, like many of my brilliant ideas, in the shower. I'm quite confident that it was a, a message from the universe because I really felt like it was something that could help both of us and help other people because there's, as we know, a huge stigma around mental illness. And I am an energy worker as my profession. I have a very strong opinion that unprocessed trauma and unprocessed emotions cannot be resolved. And I think that by talking about it for us, that is not always the best way for people to process their trauma by talking about it. For us, I think that it is. I'm quite confident that because of my belief that unprocessed trauma can't be resolved, that Randy has wanted to rip my head off a few times because <laughs> because I'm like, Rand, we can get through this. We're going to be talking a lot about loving somebody with mental illness because it can be very challenging to know how to talk to people with with any kind of mental illness and, and how to live with them. Like, sure. Let's be honest. So... So, Ran, how did you feel when I came to you and was like, hey, I have a really good idea. Let's start a podcast. Well, I thought you were crazy at first. (laughs) Not false. (laughs) (laughs) 
and I thought, wow, this could be a really good idea and a good opportunity to help people who think that they're alone and they're actually not. Yeah, so I'd like you to talk a little bit more about that because you are kind of coming out of a seriously long depressive state. Usually your depressive episodes, your severe depressive episodes are seasonal, Mm -hmm. starting around September and ending around March after our parents' and sister's birthday and their anniversaries of their deaths. They both passed away January, February. Yes. However, I think due to COVID, I'm not sure, but I'm, you since dad died in since 2020. Dad died. Yeah. It's, and COVID, because COVID has been hard on a lot of people, not just mentally ill people, mm-hmm. but a lot of people are now, you know, they have depression, anxiety over getting COVID possibly, Dying, being hooked up to a ventilator. Of course, that's not as prevalent now, but... Yeah, but I mean, so so first quick side note, when we talk, we're going to talk about fathers and dads on this podcast, and I want to make it very clear that when we talk about our dad, that is always the man that raised us and who we call dad. He was a good man. When yes. we reference the word father which we rarely will do, we'll say biological father. Those are our biological fathers. We do have different biological fathers. Just to be really clear, our dad was our dad. Yes. But so dad had a heart attack in January of 2020. January 26th. And he ended up on a ventilator and we had to let him go and watch him go through all of that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I do know about you because we talk. Right. But what I felt through COVID was the image of not being able to be with someone I love as they went through that. Because by the grace of the universe or whoever, this happened three months before we really went into lockdown. Right. And we were able to be there with that. Thank God for that. So, I mean, that was something that I thought about a lot, like, especially because... I'm overweight, that if I get COVID, I'm going to be on a ventilator and I'm going to die alone. Alone, yeah. And worse, my family is going to have to know that I'm dying alone oh, because God. we're very close. Yes, I mean, we there are. are three sisters. We have a sister in the middle of us and we're super close. And, and now we're all we have. Yeah, we are. We're the last of us. Yeah, none, none of us have children. And there are reasons for that, which we'll go into as well. <laughs> yes, that's we also a universe thing, I think. So, you from my perspective so we have lived together for several years Mm -hmm. minus a what two-year period where we had our own apartments and then you left to go out of state and then came back yes so we lived together for quite some time so from my perspective as living with you it was some of the worst times that i have seen you yeah despite you know there were times where you have tried to end your life Mm -hmm. And so I, I know those times, but they were less consistent. Like there's usually a break yes. of when either you're in more of a manic state, mm-hmm. so which just shifts your whole energy, right. obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I was worried, me and Stacy, our sister, both, you know, we're worried about you. I know. And I'm sorry and for that. I don't want you to apologize I know you for don't, that. But... Like, but something shifted in you. Mm-hmm. Was it Rocky Point? It was Rocky Point. That was when everything shifted for me. 
So we went to Rocky Point in May, July. May. Oh, May. May 6th. Yeah. So we decided, Stacy and I thought, we know that Randy's best therapy is the beach. So we said, let's go to Rocky Point. So we went to Rocky Point for a weekend. Yes, we did. Took the, the puppy and we road tripped down and it was great. It was a wonderful trip. And something shifted for you. Yes. Well, painfully honest right now, I gained a lot of weight during COVID. I could not walk on the beach. That was my favorite thing to do. That's the only thing in life that I love to do. That brought you joy. That brings me joy, peace, meditation, whatever you want to call it. And I couldn't do it. And I said to myself, there's no way. And I also said to myself, I can't just live like this anymore because I'm not living. I'm waiting to die. And me and Stacey were waiting for you to die. I know you You were. You know, it's like, and that's so hard to even say to you. Like, the first time I've said that to you was just a few days ago. Because from my perspective, that's not something that I want to burden you with, right? Right. While you're already in a, what I consider, fragile state. Right. And knowing your history and knowing... I know that you didn't want to be here Mm -hmm. during that time. Right. And yet, I also knew that I couldn't make you want to live. Nobody could. Right. And that's a a hard thing to reconcile as somebody who loves someone with severe mental illness. When you're in a depressive state, you don't see things clearly. You think that you think you're a burden. You think you're lazy because you're using every, you're absolutely using every bit of energy just to get through a day. And people don't understand that. Well, yeah. And I know because we live together that a lot of your energy spent to make it through the day was for the benefit of me and for Stacey. That's correct. And then you have the cycle of guilt because I'm not going to speak for Stacy, but I don't want you to live miserably. Right. Obviously, I don't want you to take your life. Right. I never want that. Right. And I also don't want you to see you suffering. Yeah. So back to Rocky Point, you couldn't you couldn't walk on the beach. I couldn't walk on the beach. You're your one true joy. In My life. one true passion. I couldn't do it because I was too overweight. I could not catch my breath for the life of me. And at that point, I decided... I need to make a change. I need to take therapy seriously. I need to get back on a diet. Lifestyle changes. Mm -hmm. I needed to do that. And I have done it. And I think I've been doing pretty well. I think that I'm a completely different person than I was four months ago. You are. You are indeed a different person. And I think, so for me, and this is what I, when I talk to people about it, is that it brings me so much joy just to see you try. Yeah. Like, I don't need you to be happy all the time. I know. I just need to know that you have enough in you to try. Yes. And if you if you don't succeed that day, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want you to try for me. You right. know, I I'm want trying you... for me. Exactly. And I... that's, I think, what the difference is. Yeah. This right now. It is. Is that you don't want to die this way. No, I don't. You know? So... As much as it's not a choice, it is a choice. I just want you to choose to try. Right. I don't want you to change who you are. I don't expect you to just suddenly be like, I am perfect. You yeah, know, like, rainbows and butterflies. Yeah, I don't want, I want you to be real. Right. And if you're suffering, I want to sit there with you, mm-hmm. you know. And you do. And I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you You are my with person. As, well as, as you are mine. Thank you. 
So just because we're each other's person, that is not to say that we don't battle sometimes and butt heads. Well, everybody who loves each other butts heads sometimes. Well, of course, right? of course. And and you thought that you were a burden, mm-hmm. and then I was having the burden of you thinking you were the burden. Oh my goodness! So we had a moment where we had some. I had some honesty with you because yeah. of struggles that I was having. Right. Because I felt like I couldn't be me mm-hmm. without affecting you. Right. You know, so in, what was it, August or September of last year, mm-hmm. I thought that it would benefit both of us for us to not live together. Right. And yet also know that we need each other. And yeah. to be clear, we need each other. Like it's not, oh, like, absolutely. you need me. I, I benefit from our coffee talks probably these days more than you do. <laughs> so rather than trying to find an apartment or something, I have this wonky house with this giant room in the back and then a weird side room. So I was blessed enough to be able to convert that into an apartment. She built an apartment just for me. <laughs> and for me. And for you, I know. But and I think that we have both benefited, benefited from it. Absolutely. Um, what's your favorite feature of the apartment? My favorite feature of the apartment is the fridge. Oh, what else? What's your favorite feature of the apartment? Oh, the kitty door. <laughs> the kitty door for Carmen to come through. Never underestimate the therapeutic value of a cat. Nope. Never, because that cat got me through these last few years. I am not even lying. Yeah. His purrs on my shoulder. I know it sounds weird, but I put him up on my shoulder and he starts to purr immediately when I pick him up. And that to me, that that really did get me through. I know it sounds crazy. Yeah. And that was the only reason that I could never get mad at you for stealing my cat. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even going to say I'm sorry anymore because I'm really not. So things started to shift for you when we got back from Mexico. Yes. We, we digressed. Yes. I started therapy. I actually started therapy the week before Mexico. That was my first therapy session. And then when we came back, I went on full time every week. Now I'm seeing my therapist and I've learned some tools. I've learned that talking actually does help. I am one that keeps everything inside. I don't really talk about a lot to my family or friends right. because I don't want to burden them with right. with my crap and bring them down. And that's the big thing. I don't want to bring everybody else down. Right. And that's something else, you know, that I've battled with with like the holidays because you with COVID and you your weight. Right. We're both we both have a weight challenge yes we do yet i've just said fuck people anymore so it's just that's and i just went on a diet and decided right. to well i mean me 45 years of being fat yeah, well and you you know like it took me 45 I know, years i know so i get it and for us we'd rather you be in a depressive state during the holidays and be with us i know than be alone i know but but people don't but you don't think that right no you don't like you thought well I don't want to bring other people down that's exactly and that's right. how a lot of people isolate themselves to feel alone and that's what I do immediately when I get into a depressive state is I isolate right I don't want to talk to anybody I don't want to take calls I cringe when I get a text or a phone call because it's just pressure 
Right. It's just like pressure. Like you have to talk to somebody and you have to put on a happy and people, face. Because people want you to be happy. Right. Right. Because people don't know what to say. Right. And part of that is because there, there are two parts to it is that, you know, people just want to help you and they don't know how, so they don't know what to say. Right. Or they are so uncomfortable. People want. Because of the stigma. Right. Well, and because they don't know how to deal with it. Right. You know, especially if it's something that they've never dealt with. Exactly. Personally. Yeah. People who don't have mental health issues, I don't think they'll ever get it. Maybe they can be empathetic towards it, but. Well, and people even with mental health issues, different ones, because I always thought like I was your biggest supporter. And I I are. And yet I still at times would think, why can't she just try? Well, then you took psychology and classes the, well, and you realized yeah. that it's a brain thing. It's and not a... Exactly. Well, I took a class about trauma, which we are going to talk about a lot. Yeah. And I, I learned about the effects that it has on the brain. And yeah. and a, a flip switched in me. A switch flip. Yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> that, Rand. And, um, and so... We that really I think is what started us talking a lot. Yes. Because number one, so and I think we'll do a whole episode on adverse childhood experiences. Yes. There's there's a whole study. It, it's a test that you do. There's ten of them. We share nine. We both have nine of the ten adverse childhood experiences. Mm. And what's interesting and what's something that Randy has always asked me is why did you and Stace turn out okay? And I didn't. And I did discover a major reason for that, which again, we'll talk about at a later date. But, and it's not necessarily that we did turn out so much better. Right. It's that we handle things like I, I personally, I stuff everything down. Right. I don't allow myself to feel anything. Um, and but that's I not am, healthy either. But I'm no, that's high functioning anxiety. Right, is what that and that's is. why you have stomach issues. <laughs> and that's why I have stomach yes. issues and health anxiety yes. now. And adver- the adverse childhood experiences and the the learning that I have done about trauma changed everything. And I was like everybody who says anything, and I'm like, no, you don't understand, Rand. Like now, I think that I understand you on such a different you level. Do. And I'm so happy about that. Well, and I think it's opened you up to to, to try up things to, and oh. to try to heal. Yes. Well, I am. I'm on this healing journey and it's really been amazing. I haven't been depressed in months. No, since like June probably. Yeah, since so like... you were still funky when we came back. Yeah, I was still funky and I still have my moments, but for the most part, I haven't had a long... And usually this is the time of year that my depression starts. Right. So hopefully, I mean, well, we, still I mean have, we still have until March. Well, you've also gathered a lot of tools in your belt. So yep. let's be honest, it's very likely that you're going to go into a bit sure. of a depression. You have bipolar disorder. You're always going to have it. Yep. You're always going to get into those states. Yeah. And you have more tools now. And during those times... You have to be reminded that there have been better days and yes. there will be better days. Exactly. 
and you know you've started doing some art and art. you know imagine did... that I always said I wasn't creative <laughs> for years I tried to get you in my art studio <laughs> I, you did and now I'm doing it and I love it it's such an out a good outlet yeah. a good positive creative outlet to get all of that out yeah so you've tried lots of other things too like meditation yes and meditation has been amazing you know and i've been trying to tell you for a long i'm actually a meditation teacher <laughs> and i've been trying to tell you to meditate and and that's just another thing to understand is that we can't make people do or try things when they're not ready you can't especially that that right there when they're not ready right. you have to be ready something has to shift in you something has to happen or shift in you to get it to where you're actually ready to live and no one can make that shift for you as hard as they might try exactly and that's something that for us for people who love people with severe mental <clears throat> illness to understand the only thing that we can truly do is be, be there. there and be there authentically absolutely so we you and i are very clear on we don't judge each other no we, we don't and that's why we talk to each other about, about everything you know, even though there's there are things that you're not going to tell me and you're going to hopefully tell your therapist yes. and I'm not going to tell you, but nothing is really off limits no. when we're talking. No. And so being there authentically and, and making sure that people know that you can meet them where they are mm -hmm. and and just be there when they're ready. That's right. So when you were ready to pick up a paintbrush. I was like, yes. Yes, you did. And when you text me and they're like, hey, can I come over and use your art studio? I'm never going to say I no. I know, and you never do. Because I don't care what I'm doing or if I'm home. I it's know. Just get in there because I know that's been a, a, a therapy for me for a long time is being creative. It's great. It's been great. I mean, I'm not the best artist, but I'm following videos now and, and I'm trying something. It said it was for beginners, but I really think it's advanced. Yeah, it's I rocked pretty hard. that video. It's, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what have I gotten myself into? Um, and sleep. I mean, your sleep patterns have changed also recently. My sleep has changed so much. Before I would stay up late, I would get up at the crack of dawn, um, sometimes get up in the middle of the night. You and take like three to four hour naps during the day. I, exactly. Now I sleep about eight, sometimes nine hours a night, which is incredible. I've never gotten that much sleep. And your REM has increased. My REM. REM. I, I dream so much now. Never used to dream. I never dreamt. And there's a huge association between REM sleep and depression. The more REM you get, it's a you likely less depressive. Yeah. You are. Well, I've been I've been dreaming a lot lately. Well, and let's be clear. Something just popped in my head that I, I want to make clear that mm -hmm. that you are saying that you are in this a great state right now. Yes, I am. And these things have helped. And I want to be clear in the fact that we are aware mm -hmm. that this is not permanent. No, it's not because bipolar disorder in particular is extremely cyclical mm -hmm. so i don't want people to think that we're like oh rand's been healed by yeah, meditation no. and we're not toxic positivity people we know that shit is real yes and there there might be a podcast in the future where it's only me because randy can't do it mentally and that i support her in that yes and there might be a day in the future where i'm not mentally prepared to do a podcast and rand's gonna do it without me so 
I just want to be clear because we're both in a good state on this podcast right, right now. And we also want to be very raw and real and make sure that people know that we know yeah. that it can change from one day to the next. And that's okay. Yeah, because mental illness, there is no rhyme or reason to when you're okay or when you're not okay. And boy, would we love to explain it. Would we love logical Virgo here? Yeah. Would love to track it and be like, okay, from September 4th to March 1st, Rand's not going to be in a good state. That's right. Or from September 1st to December 31st, Heather's going to have issues with thinking that she's having a heart attack every freaking night. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just not how it works. It can be, there's, there's nothing, people like to think that, well, what made you sad or what made you right. anxious? And that drives me, well, what's making you anxious? I don't fucking know what's making exactly. me anxious, man. If I knew. If I knew, I would do something about it. Right. There doesn't have to be a trigger. Right. There doesn't have to be a reason. And, and boy, do we love to have an explanation for we things. We sure do. But there is no explanation. There Mental isn't. illness is a big question mark. Yep. It is a huge question mark because, I mean, I've taken how many psychology classes and there's so many different theories and you know, the DSVM is getting updated all the, all time. the time. And complex PTSD is still not in it. No, that's new. Yeah. New, you know. Yeah. And yet, when I was t- telling you about the adverse childhood experiences earlier, mm-hmm. that's all about trauma. Yes. That study was done in the 90s. Oh. So this is not new. No. But I, I think it's important that there's a distinction between PTSD and complex PTSD. Yes. It's not taking away from people who have no. experienced a trauma and who have PTSD. Right. But it's different. Complex PTSD is ongoing trauma. Right. And for you in particular, it was basically from birth until... Till 13. And and beyond that. Yeah. Because... Well, yeah, because I'm still dealing with it. Right. Like and at 54 years old. Right. And we'll talk about that in our next episode. We'll get yes. more into yes. what that is about. But more than anything, we wanted to introduce ourselves. And as you can see, we're both a little wacky. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little. And we are both very passionate about ending the stigma around mental illness. Yes. Because... The number of people who suffer with mental illness is insane. And people don't talk about it. They don't. And talk it's about only it. now since, you know, social media in the last, what, five to eight years, yes. people started sharing their stories. Right. And it's particularly the younger generation exactly. because the younger generation has some balls they do to have say balls. that things aren't right. That's right. And yet, it, at the same time, mental illness is getting more prevalent. I don't think it's just more people are talking about it. I think because of generational trauma Mm -hmm. and because of cycles that are repeated over and over and over, it's just getting worse. Yes. And it's up to us to break those cycles. And I really think that by talking about our experiences, we have the ability to play a part in breaking those cycles. Because if you think about it, you know, had mommy been able to break her cycles, mm-hmm. our lives would be different. Now, granted, I probably wouldn't have been born. You, That's right. You may not have been born, That's but right. I definitely would not have been born. No, you wouldn't have. So I think that in our minds, both of us, all three of us, really want to live our lives in a way that would make our mom proud. Right. And I think part of that is by 
sharing our stories because yes. it wasn't until she was older that she was able to start doing that mm-hmm. and <clears throat> she was taken way too soon so she didn't have a chance i feel like this podcast everything i'm doing right now right is continuing mommy's legacy yes and sharing because she was so wise and she was so intuitive yes and she experienced some shit she sure did you know in her own childhood and in adulthood and in adulthood because that's what we do when we have experienced trauma as children we tend to when you grow up in chaos you gravitate towards chaos amen sister exactly mm-hmm. and that's why you see a lot of women in abusive relationships who can't get out because that's all they know that is all they know and it's sad because people are like well why didn't they just leave right we have experience in that that we'll talk about in our next episode mm-hmm. <laughs> so make sure you stay tuned for that <laughs> but yeah i neither of us had planned to probably ever do this podcast no. and yet it just feels like it's so important it is important because if we help just one person mm-hmm. It'll have been worth it. Yep. For people to know that they're not alone, and especially because mental illness is so isolating, to know that, you know, we we don't have the same stories. No one's going to have the same story. And and some people's trauma was greater than another's, but it doesn't make it any less than. That's right. You know, it shouldn't be, well, what we don't want you is for some... Compare. You, right. There's no comparison. No. I, we don't want somebody who maybe had a traumatic childhood but wasn't the same as ours to be like well mine wasn't as traumatic as theirs right it's this is not a comparison it's not a comparison it's it's not a contest no right there is no winner here right it's about understanding how our experiences and our mental illnesses so you know we'll be talking about you know with mental illness was was our our upbringing the cause of our mental illness is it genetic we don't know right you know it's there's a lot that we don't know and that we're learning and more than anything again we feel that by talking about it and sharing our vulnerability allows other people to open up and ask for help and that's not easy for either of us to be vulnerable oh god but but here we are no exactly for me in my shower moment what came to me was i thought this would help you number one but i want to help teach people how to love people with mental illness yes because i know that it can be hard Mm -hmm. and and i've watched people fall away from both of our lives right you know because you start well they don't understand that you're quote moody right you know or you're just you're just antisocial, or you don't want to go out right you know it's uh, it's your mind telling you that it's your mind playing tricks on you like your mind lies to you it tells you you're whatever right whatever negative thing about you bothers you the most is what it drills into you right and and people don't know how to support that right so we hope to give people a little insight of why or how you're thinking Mm -hmm. during this time so that if somebody can understand that, they know how to be there for a person. Right. And I think it's important because I'm really good at this. Hey, do you need anything? Nope, I'm fine. Yep, I do that too. You know, I'm always fine. Like, that should be my name. Yeah, nope. your should be your name. I remember one day, and it wasn't anything mental. I was sick. I don't know if I had a back problem or something. And Bob, I worked with Bob. Uh-huh. And uh, he just showed up at my door with coffee. A caramel macchiato because he knew that's what I loved with extra caramel. 
without asking. That's so nice. You know, it's those moments that you take to not even accept what the person says or not even ask them and just show up. Yes. And if they don't answer the door, leave a love note on the door. Right. Because actions speak louder than words. That's right. So knowing that someone's going to be there. And yeah, it can be hard for us on the other side being like, well, they don't want me in their lives, but it's not about us. Right. And that's hard for an egotistical society to understand because everything's about us. That's exactly right. And so, you know, I remember when we lived together and you'd be like, well, I'm just going to go to my room. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what did I do? Or, you know, like. And it was nothing that you did. Right. It was just. I isolate and most people do who have mental illness because it's just easier than feeling like a burden or, you know, whatever. Right. Or any shame around why you can't be what other people think you should be. Exactly. Or, well, why can't you just get over what happened to you? You know, it's, that's not how it works. And specifically with complex PTSD that we'll talk about. And I think this was a big turning point for both of us. And I think it was a, I think it, played, correct me if I'm wrong, a, a large role in a shift in you. Mm. When I was telling you about what I learned in my class and how the trauma that you experienced literally rewired your brain. Well, it was a shift for me because I finally felt understood. You said this is the first time I ever felt like anyone is I feel right. seen. And that was amazing to me because nobody sees me. You see me. Right. Well, no, there, there, you know, there no, are. I get it. But but to understand that it's not about and mental illness isn't a choice to begin with. No. But specifically with the complex PTSD and the trauma that you experienced as a child, mm-hmm. your your brain was changed, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of things that affect you today that you did or you think that you did wrong mm-hmm. that are still affecting you mentally. And you had no control over them because your brain was rewired. Right. So there are so many pieces to the mental illness puzzle. Yes. And there are so many different kinds of mental illness. Mm-hmm. And then there are so many different combinations of mental Absolutely. illness. Absolutely. You know, you just never know what somebody's going through. No, you don't. And I think that is the most important thing to understand. Whether someone has mental illness or not. Never assume to know what they're just going through. Just be kind. Just just be a kind human. Like why? it's not that hard. You know? And and you know our mother always used to say if everybody put their problems in a circle, everybody would take back their own. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know until you know, and then you still don't know because we're going to share our stories with you. And this is something that we've talked about that like we can try and tell people what happened to us. But they never could fully understand because it seems so unfathomable. Right. So unless you've experienced someone else's trauma, you don't come close to understanding. But there's still no way you could fully understand because everybody's experience in the moment is different. Mm -hmm. So you and I could have experienced the same exact thing. But because of our brains, because of our whatever... Mm -hmm. They were different experiences for each of us. Yes. So we're all about kindness here. We're Mm -hmm. all about being raw. We are very anti-toxic positivity Mm -hmm. movement. I think that it's bullshit. And I think it's a way for people to try and capitalize on people grasping for cures for themselves. Mm -hmm. 
And, and I want instant gratification. In fact, we all want instant yes. gratification. And people are capitalizing off right. that with their five steps to I a know. happier life. I know. And it it's just, maddening. It is maddening. And it's it's immoral. It I is. I know that sounds drastic. Because, but. No, but it is. Because people who are at the end of their rope are grasping to try anything to get better, to feel better, to f- to just feel. Right. And and so then they spend twenty seven dollars for the five steps. And people are taking advantage and they're, of them. Right. And we're here to say that there is no instant cure for mental. Illness. There's there is no, no cure. Cure for most. There's management for mental illness. Mm-hmm. There are tools for mental illness, but for most mental illness, there is no cure. Right. And like we said earlier, you're in a great space right now. And it's very likely that that's not going to stay that way forever. Yeah. And it won't. And I mean, because it is a cycle. Right. And then you, then we go through the world telling you, well, just think more positively. And, and that will just shut a person down. Exactly. Because somebody tells me that, I immediately shut down. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be open with you. I don't want to tell you anything. I can't trust you. I can't trust because you. Because you are judging me because I can't think differently. Exactly. Right. I hear you. I hear you, sister. So, this is us. <laughs> this is us. This is what you're going to get for our future episodes. We're going to share our stories and what we're experiencing, and it can change. And um, we just hope to inspire people and hope people will get something out of spending some time with us. Yes. So, until next time, be kind to one another. Love one another. And we'll talk to you soon. And remember the cliche that it is a journey, not the destination. Also remember that we are not mental health professionals. And if you do need assistance or need help, please be sure to dial 988 or reach out for help. 